Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 807. Okay, Mark. Yeah, I, I mean, I would just say just keep moving. Keep going. Things happen, but it happens. And you go down, you get back up again. And just keep going. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jeff Whiteside. Hey, Jeff, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely, Mark. I'm ready to go. All right. Jeff Whiteside is the auction director at the Saratoga Automobile Museum in Saratoga Springs, New York. This auction takes place at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center on September 21st through the 23rd and will be conducted by the world-renowned TV personality Brent Earlywine. There will be a wide variety of automobile marks, including modern, exotics, classic cars, all sorts of great things at this auction. Jeff's been in the automobile business his entire life, working with companies including Canadian Tire, Avis Lube, General Electric, and the Capital Fleet Management Business, and RM Auctions, Auctions American. Jeff, I've told our listeners just a tiny, tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles? Absolutely, Mark. Well, thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Personal side, I grew up in Canada, in Toronto, um, from uh, parents that immigrated from Ireland and England separately. So that was an interesting uh, yeah. childhood, but had a lot of fun. And as you probably, anybody that's Canadian would know that we spent most of our time on the ice. I spent a lot of my time skating, and that's kind of how I ended up down in the U.S. Cool. I played junior hockey in Canada and then moved to the U.S. and went to school at RPI, where oh. I played college hockey. So. And that's kind of where I started my career. Um, I did some real estate development. Actually, started a uh, Avis Lube, which is the was a competition at the time, the Jiffy Lube. Oh yes, okay. Yep. So that basically what they came on, and I started the Northeast Division for Avis Lube. Um, I spent about then I spent about fifteen years at GE, and primarily in GE Capital. And out of my fifteen years, I was in the fleet business for about five. Mm, okay. And I was lucky, you know, very excited, you know, lucky to work. All through Europe, we bought actually Avis fleet business throughout Europe. I worked in Australia. I worked in New Zealand. I worked all over the U.S. in the fleet business. Everything from the time you buy the car to the time you sell the car. It was a great time and uh, really enjoyed it. So currently, I'm in, in Saratoga Springs, New York, as you mentioned, and uh, heading up for the first time the Saratoga Auto Auction. Things are good. This is very exciting. It is. Yeah, absolutely. You've had a, a fun career around cars, and I'm excited to learn more about this first-time auction coming up for you guys. Very, very cool. But first, as we continue on your automotive journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quarter mantra. This is a, a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Jeff, take the wheel. Sure. So the, one of the uh, quotes that I've heard, heard a long time ago, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. And the unreasonable man persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. And that's from George Bernard Shaw. And I've had that since I pretty much started work. And I think what it's done for me personally is that, you know, as I go into every new situation, I'm looking for a different way to do it, a better way to do it, a way to grow, a different type of business angle, a different type of production angle. And that's helped me uh, incredibly as, as time's gone on. 
You know, that's the first time that quote's been used here. And out of 800 plus people, I'm kind of surprised because it's a great quote and a great philosophy and way to go through life. So when we talk about, and we're going to talk more in depth about this upcoming auction, but let's touch on this for a brief minute. How have you incorporated that into this first time auction that you guys are uh, about to conduct here? Well, actually coming up at the end of summer in September. Yeah, I mean, just a, a simple example. So I started talking about this back in 2014. You know, I'm a member of the museum as just uh, you know, over over time. Back in 2014, I was having conversations with people. I'm saying, listen, you know, I've seen a lot of auctions now. And driving a car across the stage at SPAC would be incredible. You know, it's an unbelievable venue. It'd be an incredible situation to see that car on the stage. And pretty much every, most people would say to me, oh, you can never do that. You can't put the car on the stage. They're not going to let you drive cars on the stage. And that's not the case. So that's kind of what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And so that would just that would give you an example. And I think I think what you have is what I see in pretty much my career in my life is a lot of people have a, a narrow view on things. And a lot of times it's, you know, this is what it always used to be. So that's what it's going to be. It can't change. And the fact is it can change. And I think, you know, if you, you look at all these businesses that you see out there and they're changing the world, Airbnb, et cetera, et cetera, you would never thought that this could happen or somebody could drive their own car and pick you up years ago, right? Right. Now, those are the key key changes in society. So, absolutely, you know, any anything's possible. Well, it is cool. I love the idea of disruptors. And I just uh, had lunch yesterday with a past guest, Charlie Vogelheim, who works at Motor Trend and has a podcast there. And we were talking about that during lunch about these changes in the automotive industry with autonomy and autonomous cars. And then I have a, a guest who was on the show just a few days ago who's setting a land speed record on a motorcycle and he's blind. And he made a comment to me about autonomous cars. He goes, you know, Mark, someday I'm going to be able to summon a motorcycle to my front door, get on it and ride that motorcycle anywhere I want thanks to the technology today and I'm blind yep. and when you hear comments like that you go whoa it's amazing pretty cool well I love the fact that you've taken that and incorporated into this auction and again we're going to learn more about this setting for this auction because it is a very very unique venue but first I want to go back in time with you a little bit and talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars is there a pivotal moment in your life when you look back that you knew you were indeed a car guy well, I, you know, I think it's an interesting question because, you know, I started in high school working at the Ron Shell, doing oil changes, Canadian Tire, doing minor repairs and, and things like that. Then I got into the Avis business and then I got into the fleet business. And then back in 2013, I met Rob Myers, who is RM Auctions. And he asked me if I was a car guy. Right. And just I just kind of give you my background. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a car guy. But I had no idea there was a different level of being a car guy. Until I, you know, had the, I was fortunate enough to have the exposure to Rob and you know that auction world at that level. So I guess what what it did for me uh, that would that was a pivotal moment. And basically, you know, to me, the cars at that level are like art. And you know, we have a, a lot of art around where we are right now. You know, I'm trying to bring the art, and, the, and you'll see as we talk a little bit more about the auction. I mean, we've had some great cars consigned to the auction. So if not, you know, and we're in a museum right now where we have the cars that being displayed downstairs and it's, so that was my pivotal moment. It's just a different level of appreciation for the automobile, the history, the, the beauty, the power, and, you know, from an art form, that was a big, big changing point in my life. So I guess if I was answering the question again to Rob, I'd say, I guess I'm not a, I'm not a, a car guy compared to what you're talking about, but now, you know, I've come to appreciate and I'm, I'm very lucky to be in this business again. 
Yeah, yeah, well, we are very happy you are. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. You've done a lot of different things, and I would assume with those different things has come maybe a challenge or two and maybe even a big failure that you face. So I want you to take us to that point in time, walk us through that situation, but more importantly, what did it teach you so that you could grow and come out of that even stronger in the end? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've had, as you can see, done quite a few things, lived all over the world. And I've come to realize that, you know, in certain situations, whether it be hockey, whether it be in my jobs, you know, back in the day when I was when I was younger and, and going through different types of team environments in hockey and, and different jobs in G, for instance, I always thought, hey, I'm always right. They can't replace me. But I guess one of the biggest things I did learn, Mark, was that you, it can be replaced. And I, you know, I have been replaced quite a few times in my life. And I think the acknowledgement of that kind of what is what it's done for me is to put my mindset in a place where, you know, I always have to keep getting better. I have, have to keep adding value. I have to contribute to whatever situation I'm, I'm in. And you, you just got to keep keep uh, uh, moving. You know, I've, overall, I've been pretty fortunate in my life. So I haven't any drastic things happen. And I'm talking to you, which is which is a good indication. Things are good. So, but that's kind of my, you know, I mean, I think that was my lesson through through numerous situations is that you, you can be replaced. So you, you got to keep moving, you got to keep moving forward and you got to keep contributing. Yeah, my big takeaway from this uh, experience or these experiences you've shared is exactly that. You have to keep improving yourself and yep. growing, if you will. That is that the key thing you want to share here is it's really important to keep growing? I, th- I think it is, yeah. 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 I think it's, you got to keep growing, but also you, you got to keep contributing. So I think that, you know, especially in this day and age with technology, yeah. I mean, it's replacing a lot of the the, the things humans used to do um, with with software. So I think it's, you know, right. it's a different day and age where you just have to understand whatever you're doing, you know, contribution is, is, is key. And that if you're contributing, things are going to be okay. Right. Great lesson. Thanks for sharing that. Let's shift gears and go to what I call the other end of the spectrum, a, a real career aha moment. I think you probably had a few of these because you moved around to yeah. some different things. And the idea of this new venue of this uh, auction is a huge aha. But tell us about your aha moment. Yeah, I think I've had a few of them. But I think what I realized is that, you know, especially when I was in the GE world, with, back in the day with GE Capital, was very very exciting time. Um, things were going fast and you basically just had to produce every quarter to stay in the game. And that, that was a great learning experience for me. And I'd also say that, you know, you you look at it and you basically, one thing I learned, you know, a recent experience that I can give you is that back in the day, I had a lot of people that were doing a lot of work in, in the groups that I was in. And I, as time went on, I became less and less actually doing the work. I went to a startup business and I'm, I'm looking around and I have to do different types of work. And basically what, what, what I learned quickly is, you know, you have to learn actually how to do things. You have to know how to actually do the things for you to lead other people to do things. And I'm going through the same thing with the auction right now. I have to actually know exactly what we need to do to consign the car, the contracts, the bidder registration. We just got off the stage right now and we're going through the production. We're going through the lighting. So you, you really have to be hands-on, understand the reality of the situation, know how to do it, and then you can you can help other people, work with other people to help you do it too, uh, from a team standpoint. So is this uh, talking about moving from maybe working in a company and then becoming more management role where you are overseeing people doing things, but you still have to understand what it is they have to do? And absolutely, and it's also from a, from a leadership standpoint to to bring people with you 
And I think what I learned was that, you know, you, you have to know what you're doing. You have to be out in the, in, in the field. You have to be out in the countries. You have to be on the stage to see what reality is so you can lead and grow people with you in different events. And, you know, the auction, I think, is a good example. Absolutely. Now, about a proudest career moment, I would assume you've had a few of those. But what is one that you'd share with us that really stands out for you? Probably my proudest it's not necessarily a career, but I mean, from my, from my, from my life is coaching kids in hockey. So I've been coaching kids in hockey for over 20 years. And we've seen a group here and we've, we've seen a group here that I started with when they were six, seven years old, going on to win state championships, go to national championships. So just to watch this group of kids progress over the period of time and really enjoy the game. I mean, that's, that's one of my proudest moments to, to see that. Being a mentor. Absolutely. Fantastic, which of course is what coaching is all about. But uh, I think that's great that you've been doing that, dedicating that time to young kids because uh, games like hockey or any any kind of game sporting event is such a character builder and so, so important for kids these days. Uh, and team sports, even better, to learn Absolutely. how to work with yep. other people. That's probably one of the biggest challenges we see today with people is not yep. willing to work with yep. other people. So, And then you have technology, right? So to have these kids out on the ice and, and away from their Yes, their, their devices, devices. Yeah. <laughs> for, for a couple hours a day is a good thing. Yeah, that's true. I remember when our kids were real little, every once in a while, my, my wife uh, would say, you know what, you guys go out and run around the house 10 times. I want to see you run by the kitchen window 10 times just to, to get the dust, dust off of you a little bit. Yeah, to get the blood flowing Absolutely. a little bit. Even if it was raining, yep. you know, put your rain boots on and go out and um, sure. get a little exercise. Well, let's go back in time again and talk about your first really special car. That first car you got that really had a meaning to you and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Yeah, I have a, uh, th- my first special car was a 71 Oldsmobile Cutlass. Oh, okay. So it was a yeah. 350 Pocket. Actually, and, and, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of cars recently, thousands of cars recently. I haven't seen too many of these. So I'm, I'm interested on what happened to them. Um, you know, you see the 442s, but this is the 350 Pocket. And that was the car I had from the time I was in high school all the way through college. So that, that was my car that I drove and actually my dad bought it new and I, and I got it from my father and we maintained it. Um, we restored it to an extent, repainted it. So that was, that was my first one. Is that the car that has the two scoops on the hood? This one doesn't. Uh, I think the 442, you would see more of the scoop on the hood. Okay. This is a two door, massive two door, uh, yeah. large doors. They're big cars. Small back seat. They were, they were great cars. Yeah. And you know, it was, it was a time too that, you know, you could fix those kind of cars. Right. So I enjoyed that. Um, I mean, I just had, I had a ton of great experiences with that car through high school and in college. I think the car I was thinking about is they called it the, uh, the Rally 350. That might have been the one I yep. was thinking yep. of. Yeah. With the scoops yep. on yep. the front. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Great car. But yeah, those cars were big. <laughs> they were big cars. Great car. Great yeah, car. Very you, sure. still see, you still see them around. And, uh, but I, I actually don't see too many of these 71 Oldsmobile 350s around. So. I would have expected to see a lot more, but it was it was a great car. A lot of those cars from the seventies all rusted away. You know, they uh, yeah pre galvanized yep. yep. bodies and the, things. So even with all the Z Bart that everybody put on, yeah. back in the day, <laughs> yeah, I remember laying so. under a car spraying spraying that undercoating yep. on a car. I lived in Southern California. I didn't even need it, but I thought it yep. was important. So there you go. Yeah, I it did, did drive it up into least. the snow once in a while. But well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've let go that you really wish you had back? Actually, that's pretty much the only one that I, I let go that I, I wish I had back. 
Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a situation where you just don't have, you don't have the funds, you don't have the storage, you're moving to another place. And that, that would be the car. If I could turn the clock back, I would have kept that car. Ah, uh, yes. Well, we will move on from that sad memory. Well, let's talk about today and this upcoming auction. I'll remind our listeners, again, this is the uh, Saratoga, uh, it's going to be at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about what that venue is. Talk a little bit about the museum there, the Saratoga Automobile Museum, and of course the auction and what's happening. Again, it's September 21st through September 23rd. So why does this, this new venue have you so excited? It does because, first of all, the Saratoga Performing Arts Center is in State Park, Saratoga State Park in Saratoga Springs, New York. And for people that aren't familiar with the area, it's about 30 miles north of Albany, and it's right on the door of the Adirondack State Park. So it's a really beautiful area. What we're known for here is we're known for racing. So the thoroughbreds come into the, the city in uh, the end of July through, through Labor Day. So we're known as a horsing town, and we're also known for um, health so this, back in the day, this is where people would come to um, get healthy from the springs, from the baths and things like that. So, ah. we, you know, the, it's uh, horses, health and history. Okay. A Victorian town that's been uh, really uh, well redone, updated, but has kept the, the, you know, some of the beauty from the past, a lot of the beauty from the past. And where we are, the museum uh, is a, a bottling plant that they used to bottle the water from Saratoga in. Um, it's a beautiful building right on the state park and I'm within not even a quarter of a mile to the stage. Mm -hmm. So the stage is right behind where we are right now. And to describe the stage on the tours in the summer, most of the big acts, Dave Matthews, County Crows, all the big acts that go through the the summer with live nations stop here. It's an amphitheater that has about 6,000 seats on uh, 3,000 on, on the lower level, 3,000 on the upper level. And then on the lawn, it, you could have a, the maximum capacity is about 24,000. Wow. So it's a, we just had, like last weekend, we just had our jazz fest. We have a jazz fest here, every, a two-day jazz fest. So people come from all over the Northeast and kind of all over the country, but mostly the Northeast mm-hmm. to come to shows here. The cars will go across the stage to give you a little details on the auction. We're targeting about 200 cars that will go over a two-day period. We'll have a uh, preview period. Um, we'll have a two-day auction, and um, the cars will roll across the stage. You know, the viewing, the atmosphere, the park setting is just a great place. And actually, what I found, Mark, is it's incredible how many cars are in this area. So if you just if you looked at a map and you drew a circle from Buffalo down to New York City to Vermont and some of the uh, New Jersey areas, there's there's a lot of cars in this area, and we've we've attracted a lot of great cars. Wow. The museum itself has a tremendous amount of uh, shows on site. We have car clubs here all the time. We got the BMW, the Corvette, all the clubs here. We have our own car shows. We have a ton of events and car, new cars. So when, when Porsche or Alfa Romeo, we just did the Alfa Romeo Julia preview. Oh, a couple the weeks new ago. car. So, yeah. yeah. So we do new cars. So th- there's a lot of history here and we have a great membership and a great board. And, you know, this is, this is what we're going to, we're focusing on right now. We Our goal is to do this at least once a year. Nice. Very nice. It sounds very exciting. And I'll remind our listeners, I'll put links up to these events on Jeff's show notes page here at carsyad.com. So you can go to the website and check out what's happening there. If you're going to be in that area in September, mid, late September, sounds like a great venue, great event to go to, something very fun and very new. And you're going to have a lot of different kinds of cars run across the auction block, right? Yeah, we are. We're gonna have we have a really nice selection of cars that are gonna be under the twenty thousand dollar mark. And I just give you an example, like a sixty six Mustang. 
that you could get in right now and drive to California. And then we have we have a lot of uh, medium car, what I'd say in the 50, 60 range. And then we'll have we'll have some cars over the 100,000, which would be things like 56 Corvette collector cars. Not we're not going way. We're not going too high and we're not going too low. But I think the, the quality of the cars, people will be impressed with just to see the cars. And I think they are, you know, there, there's a lot of what I would call entry level collector cars that people will be interested in. I think this is a really important point because so many of us watch TV shows like the Barrett Jackson auctions and all these other auctions and you see these cars are all a hundred thousand, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, and most of us sit back and go, Well, that's nice, but I can't buy a car like that. Yeah. Yep. I think it's great that your venue is going to provide that opportunity for people who want to just step into it and try it and be a part of the car community and the car hobby. So very, very nice. What's amazing to me, Mark, is, you know, I just got back from Bear Jackson was on Friday um, in Connecticut. Yes. And right from the beginning, you know, when I've seen these auctions, it's amazing to me what kind of car you can get for a, you know, fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000 price tag. Yeah. And, but, you know, uh, again, it's not, I'm not comparing them at all to the million dollar collector Ferraris, that type of, of thing. Yeah. But it's, then people just love these cars. I mean, they, they, they love old cars. We were at the New York Auto Show this year as a museum. Mm-hmm. And we had a section on classic cars and it was basically, we, we talked about the races in Long Island and we had some of the cars back in the day, but, and we only, we had a couple, we had about five older cars, older classic cars and people came up and, you know, if you've ever been to the New York Auto Show, it's just a massive, big show. massive new show. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many people came up to us looking for more classic cars. Nice. So I think, I think people just love watching them and, and the history and they have their, their memories and it. I think this is going to be a great venue, and uh, the selection right now is, is, is fantastic. Very cool. And I'll remind listeners, too, if you've never been to an auction, they are really fun. Even if you aren't going to buy, they're just fun to be there. It's exciting to be a part of it, to talk to people, the owners of the cars are there you can talk to, to learn more about the cars, to watch the whole activity. I've taken a lot of people who are not quote-unquote, car people to auctions who very quickly get really excited at an auction. It just has a good vibration going on about it. So, Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Jeff. If you were a car, what kind of car would Jeff be and why? I would be a Mustang. A Mustang, okay. A Mustang. I would be a – I just – it's – the Mustang is the car that I I admire the most. I mentioned the 66 Mustang that we have in the auction right now. And it's, it's pretty plain and simple, but, you know, I drive that car around here. And everybody just, I think people appreciate that specific brand and what it meant to the, uh, the automotive world in the sixties. And I think to this day, I mean, I just, it's, it's not, a, you know, you can obviously get up to your Shelby's and your Cobra, to the Cobras and, but your, you know, your, your 65, 66 Mustang is just something that's who I would be. It's really interesting that you picked that one because I had a 66 Mustang for a while. I drove it to work every day for a couple of years and. Yep. Everybody loved that car. It could be a kid, it could be a grandma, <laughs> yeah. it could be I couldn't get gas without having a thirty minute conversation with with somebody. Oh, I remember my dad had one of those or my cousin down the street. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. They're you're just friendly cars. They're kinda yeah. like the Volkswagen Beetle. You know, everybody just loves sure. the old yep. Mustang. Very cool. Well, Jeff, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me 
through the Cars yeah website at CarsYeah.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Okay, Jeff, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I think it's quality to take your time, do the right thing. And I think people appreciate quality both in the type of car you're dealing with and the repairs. I just think the focus and spending the time to, to do a quality job on the car is uh, paramount. Do it once, do it right. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? Sure. I think one of the biggest ones recently is more of what you think is kind of what you do and what actually happens. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think you really have to think positively. You got to think progressively. You got to think about what's possible. Yes. And, you know, you got to kind of take away the thoughts that aren't going to get you to that kind of mind state, because what you're thinking is kind of where you're spending your life. You know, this is a really important point. I was just thinking about this this morning. I'm active on Facebook and social feeds because of promoting what I do. And I noticed the people that are always having drama in their lives are always focusing on drama in their lives, which is the people that are successful and happy are focusing on the positive sides. We all have drama. We all have things happen. But yeah, focus on the good. Don't look at the bad. Don't dwell on that. It's the same with news. Uh, that's why I don't watch the news anymore. I haven't for yeah, decades. Yep. It's just a bunch of negative stuff. Why would you want to have that be a part of your day? So very well yep. said. Well, how about a resource? I know there's lots of great resources out there. One is your automotive museum there. But is there a resource you'd like to share with our listeners? I would, if you're not familiar with RM auctions, I would, I would recommend people get familiar with them because to me, out of what I've seen, and I, you know, I was there for a, a relatively short period of time, but they're the best in terms of if you look at the cars, you look at the writing, you look at their catalogs, you look at their restoration shop, it's just unbelievable. So I would, if you want to look at the high end of the market in terms of just the quality, the knowledge, 
the, the resources, I mean, I would follow RM Auctions. Absolutely. In fact, uh, one of their specialists was a guest on my show not too long ago. That was Don Rose, who's a specialist. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's just go back and listen to him. And uh, way back, she's not a part of the company anymore, but Stacy Puckett was uh, yep. working at Stacey. RM. Yep. yep. And I've known her for a yep. long time. We she together. goes all the way back to when she was working at the LeMay Museum, and she was another guest here on Cars. Yeah. So uh, you'll have to connect me with the uh, director of RM. I would love to have him be a guest on this show as well. So absolutely. Be great. Yep. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry, living or deceased, who would that be? I think it would be Jackie Stewart. Ah, okay. So, Sir Jackie. So I, I grew up kind of with having the British background. So Jackie was just, a, to me, it was a, when I was a kid, great personality, seemed to be winning a lot. I don't even recall what his record is, but I mean, he was a great personality. Then he became a, uh, a great commentator. So it would be Jackie Stewart. And a great advocate for safety in racing, too. Uh, he was Absolutely. racing back in the day when things yep. were so dangerous, and he worked so hard to try to improve the uh, safety issues for drivers and was very successful in that. I'd love to have Sir Jackie as a guest on this show. Any of you listeners out there that are friends with him, I'm trying to reach out to him, so uh, have him give me a call. I think it'd be great to have him on this show. And I, once I do, I'll connect him with you so you can sit down and have a drink. That'd be him. great. Wouldn't that be fun? All right. That'd be great. Probably a scotch, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, probably, probably. Now, if you could uh, recommend a book to our listeners, what book would that be? That would be a book called Even Eagles Need a Push by David McNally. Hmm. And it's, I, think, I think it was done in 1991, and I was, I was introduced to him back in that time period where he did the presentation. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is um, kind of just talking about contribution. It's talking about your attitude. It's talking about you know what you, what you need to focus on. So I think it, it's a great book. I think it's a great example. And basically, it's, it's saying that you know, even, even the best people in the world or you know, people with all the talent still need to, to take a jump out there and uh, get it done with the right attitude and mindset. There you go. That's the first time that book's been recommended, so I'm glad that you suggested that. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources on Jeff's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to carsyeah.com, type Jeff Whiteside into that search bar. His page will pop up with all these links, including this great book. And I'll remind you that there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books under the Resources tabs, where all my past guest books are listed. There's over a 1,000 books listed there. I've made it really easy for you. Just click to buy. Uh, great, great resource if you love learning. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Jeff, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it costs because today we're getting out the big checkbook. Money's no object, but I want you to drive it. I want you to enjoy it. So what would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why? That would be a 1956 Corvette 265 uh, black with a red interior. Gee, you've got that figured out. <laughs> I got that figured out, and I actually have one of those right now in the auction, so I'm, I, oh. have to, I have to look at it every day. It's downstairs. You found it. You found it. Oh, I found it. Yeah, it's, it's sitting down there. So, oh, my god! I mean, I just think it's such a – I just think the, the – uh, first of all, the Corvette, just I think from a classic standpoint, I'm looking at cars, the 2017s coming down the highway in the rear of mirror, and I just think the, the profile, the, the cars are beautiful. This particular 56 – the way that the body is shaped, the the seating inside, the convertible, the way that the way that the glass is, it's just I think it's a beautiful car. So that's that's what it would be. Yeah, for sure. Well, 
you know what is cool about this is I can attend your auction, I can get a bidder's paddle, and I can just awesome. bid on that car for you and get you that. Great, car. so great. This will be really absolutely. easy for me. Sometimes it, I have it, to it go on a easy. search. Yeah, absolutely. I was just at a uh, I was just at an outdoor concert last night where I live in Gig Harbor, and there was a beautiful. I think it was a '58 Corvette had the dual headlights, yep. uh, which I think is the '56s had single headlights, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Nice. Well, great choice. I think you'll have a great fun time driving that car. And Jeff, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would. And I've really enjoyed learning more about you, learning more about this upcoming auction. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us a parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off into the Saratoga Springs uh, roadways there in that 56 Corvette? Okay, Mark. Yeah. I, I mean, I would just say, just keep moving, keep going. Things happen. But it happens and you just got to get back. You go down, you get back up again and just keep going. Just keep on going. There you go. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you in this upcoming auction? Sure. So I'm on, you can reach me on LinkedIn, but with the auction itself, uh, SaratogaAutoAuction.org. So right now we've, uh, we've actually teamed with Speed Digital. And we're using their software, their front, their, their website and their back office, their, uh, a great partner to be working with. And you, you'll see quite a few of the cars that are up there right now. And that, and as time goes on, uh, there'll be more and more. And, you know, any feedback, any interest, anybody that's interested in participating in the auction as a consigner, a bidder, a spectator, we'd love to love to see the people here. Oh, fantastic. And Speed Digital, I'll remind our listeners that uh, Neil Pitt, who's the president of Speed yep. Digital, he was a guest here on Cars, yeah, back uh, November in, in 2016. So, uh, it's been uh, not that long ago. You can go back and listen to his show. Great company that he's created. Great resource for people like you and your auctions. So again, listeners, you can find links to everything Jeff has shared on his show notes page at carsyad.com. Just go there. I'll make sure I have links to everything. Check out this auction. Check out the museum. And uh, I think this will be a really fun venue to attend. And uh, if you want to get into the car collector market, sounds like there's going to be a great opportunity for people to step in at the lower end versus being a spectator at the high end, which is where I'm usually sitting, enjoying watching everybody else buy the expensive cars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jeff, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. It was my pleasure. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! 
Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!